Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now, with the latest information, is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, On today's show, uh, we're going to be looking at a number of issues, a number of uh, case issues, but also uh, we're going to be focusing on the nominee for the United States Supreme Court. Uh, and to help me uh, do that, uh, we have with us here uh, attorney Michael Peffer, who heads up the Southern California office for PJI, Pacific Justice Institute. Welcome, Michael. Thanks, Brad. Good to be here. Very good. Did you have a nice weekend? <laughs> yeah, I did. It was a pleasant weekend. Uh, just keeping at it. Yeah. <laughs> a little just, bit of work. A little bit of work. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it needs to happen. I understand. I understand. Yeah, likewise. Like it was <laughs> uh but uh anyway, before we get into these this issue dealing with uh, the Supreme Court nominee, and we've got a you know, it's it's a it's a very powerful position, it kind of a, a long-term impact. Before we get into that, uh, I just like to uh, focus on another Supreme Court uh, member right now who's on the court, uh Supreme Court Justice uh, Thomas Clarence Thomas has been hospitalized, uh, and according to you know statement from the Supreme Court, uh, he's at the uh, Sibley Memorial Hospital in Washington D.C. He was put in there on Friday evening after experiencing flu-like symptoms, according to the statement. Uh, you know they they say right now his symptoms are abating, which means they're they're going down. He's getting better supposedly. Yes. <clears throat> uh, I'm a little cynical though because I've heard before the court sort of cushioning things. Same thing with the president of the United States. Sometimes they'll, they'll cushion things and say, oh, everything's fine. And then, and then it's not so fine. That's right. You know, they do this so people don't panic or, or whatever. But I think we as Christians, I think that we need to be praying uh, for Justice Thomas. Uh, he's, it's, he's in a very, a very important position right now. Yeah. Uh, we have a, you know, the case, the Dodd case. Yes. Uh, could go d- differently. The abortion, major abortion case out of Mississippi could actually <laughs> turn out differently if he's uh, not on the court. Yeah, make no mistake about it. Justice Thomas is really one of our heroes. He does time in and time out. He does a constitutional analysis that is originalist. He looks at what the Constitution said. He, he, he stands with us um, it, on almost every case that comes before him regarding religious liberty, um, the 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 tra- travesty of abortion. We need him on there. He is a leader, and uh, we really should be praying for all the court members. I, I I think we should be because it's it is a such a major decision. But I'm kind of partial to Justice Thomas and the other conservatives. I will admit that. Yeah, Justice Thomas uh, and Alito are probably the best uh, established. <laughs> Uh, respecters of the Constitution on the court. Uh, yes, you know, there's other justices that I like as well, but uh, but he has uh, just been a, a very tried and true. His respect for the Constitution, his respect for religious freedom, uh, for parental rights, uh, for the sanctity of human life. Uh, he is. Uh, he doesn't try to create the law and make the law. Uh, he's a has uh, been an excellent justice. You know, when he was first nominated to be on the court. Some thought, well, is he being nominated to sort of fill a sort of a demographic slot, yes. you know, from a political correctness? Well, we have to have someone from this demographic you know, position. Yeah. But he has proven himself uh, incredibly to be a fantastic brief writer. He's written 
so many legal opinions on the court relative to his peers. Yes. Um, he has actually been a, a, a historic in his, his function on the court and his loyalty to the Constitution has, has been uh, absolutely in, incredible. Unassailable. He is absolutely a constitutionalist. And it, he, he really filled a huge vacuum when Justice Scalia passed away. And I believe he has become a, even more of a leader on the court. And uh, folks, we just got to keep him in our prayer. He's not a young man. I, 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 I 73 years old. 73. So he's not like you know, your spring chicken. But it's cool to have him as an elder statesman on that court. And he, he kind of is. So, yeah, we're blessed by him. And I, I, I've never read an opinion of his that I thought, oh, wow, you missed the boat on this. Yeah. it's uh, And if he, for some reason... Went, went south and was replaced by someone else by the Biden administration, uh, that would be a huge direction in the wrong, uh, the wrong direction. Yeah. A huge mistake in the wrong direction. Disaster. Probably a huge disaster. We'd have another Sotomayor or another, you know, potentially, uh, you know, uh, this Judge Jackson. He's yes. been, he's been nominated. In fact, speaking of Judge Jackson, let's talk about her. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's been uh, nominated by the Biden administration and uh, she's actually going to be, uh, undergoing hearings today, public hearings with the Senate, I understand. Yes. Uh, with regards to her background. Uh, apparently, though, she has a, a problem. Sort of like she's like the opposite of Thomas. OK, yes, because she seems to have a problem with respecting the Constitution. She seems to be like an activist <clears throat> judge like Sotomayor, who just sort of wants the outcome and then twists and turns her interpretation of the Constitution to meet that activist outcome to get their way of what they want the outcome, you know, to be not what the Constitution says. Absolutely. Is that a fair characterization? I think it's a very fair characterization. And you couple that with the fact that she doesn't have a long record. So there's not there's, there's not a lot of opinions from the appellate level that we've seen from her. And and by the way, I think we were talking uh, before we started here. Really, parents ought to we're going to talk about some things that she was for and not and that oh. should be against. So maybe this is not the best episode, at least this half, uh, for kids to be watching. Yeah, I, I definitely want to make that really clear to parents out there. Uh, we want to be very sensitive. Uh, to, you know, I know sometimes you'll have your kids sitting here watching this program, uh, but we're going to be talking about some issues and some things that she's ruled on uh, that uh, would definitely not be probably age appropriate. Um, so we're giving you that warning up front. We yeah. want to be sensitive. Uh, that said... Uh, the fact that we're having to give that warning about her decisions yes. as not being age appropriate says something right from the get go about Judge Judge Jackson uh, in terms of her positions on very, very controversial uh, you know, subjects. In fact, let's just let's start with the, the first one, and that's dealing with um, ab abortion. Um, mm -hmm. I understand Judge Brown Jackson or yeah, Judge, uh, Judge Jackson uh, helped defend what isn't in the Constitution barbaric late-term partial birth abortions. Right. I'm, I'm thinking, how can anyone in their right mind uh, rule that the Constitution somehow protects uh, the ability for a woman and a doctor to uh, be pr privileged to do late-term partial birth abortion. This is when That's most right. of the body of the baby is outside of the mother. Just the head is in the, in the, in the, in the mother. The rest has been, is outside the mother. They turn the baby around deliberately 
so that the head stays in. The baby's moving around, the hands outside the mom. Yeah. Wanting, you know, having a hard time getting out because the doctor turned it. And then the procedure is hideous without any yes. pain medication. Yes. A nine-month-old pre-born baby outside the most of the babies, you know, he's moving, wanting out. And they they literally suck out the brain of this precious pre-born baby. It is the most yes. sick. It's like Naziville. Yes, this is like is. Holocaust level. <clears throat> and this judge, Judge Jackson, uh, he and I, I, I don't know how to pronounce her first name. I apologize. Uh, I think it's Katanji. Katanji. So it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, maybe her, her parents wanted a, it's an African name, an African name. Yeah, and, it's a pretty name actually for what it means. But. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe that's, that's, that's fine. I just, I'm just not familiar with it. It's not yes. a traditional American name, but anyway. Um, so, but judge Jackson, I'll say yes. the fact that she has the audacity to rule that somehow the constitution protects such a hideous Nazi concentration-like action like this yes. um, is very telling. There's absolutely no reason she should even be considered on that point alone. What say you? I say ditto and kudos. That's exactly where we're at. Look, the bottom line is, is that um, we believe that abortion in all of its forms is murder, period. We have the, the killing of an unborn baby. That's it. And so, but when you think about sort of if even if some might take a, a sort of view of lesser evil or greater evil, the partial birth abortion is the greatest evil. It is the same as the baby being born and then killed. It's the same thing. And in a, in a civilized society that we would tolerate that, that there are those who would say, no, no, no. Abortion is okay, even to that extent, is offensive to, to, to everything that we believe in as Christians and really the things we believe in with respect to the nature of man. Yeah. I know uh, I watched a movie called The Giver. Uh, it was very telling. It was about a new society uh, and everyone was on this medication mm -hmm. and, uh, and they, you know, it was just like this new world, if you will. And the moral and conscience was altered so that everyone just sort of relied on the state, what the government said. And they had an episode where a baby was born and, and uh, the doctors, what they did is they examined the baby. And if the baby wasn't of optimal health, they would kill the baby. And the doctors would just systematically kill the baby. Uh, and then in the end of the movie, though, a, a gentleman decided to break away, not take his medication and began to have his eyes opened up. And, uh, and then in the movie, he basically removed this, this shield of deception. And the doctor had his eyes opened up. And it had a happy ending. They realized this is a, a, a very sick, twisted violation of the laws of nature. Yes. And in the same way, unfortunately, this is not a film. This is reality. It is grotesquely violating the laws of nature and nature's God. And to have anyone on the Supreme Court, like just like Judge Judge Jackson, uh, with this kind of a, a twisted, sick, I, I'm going to say it again, Nazi-like yeah. death camp type <clears throat> mentality yes. to justify the hideous murder of innocent human beings. 
uh, she has no place to be not only on this court, she has no place to be on any court as far right. as I'm concerned I because agree. of that earlier decision. I agree. And maybe these some of these other issues kind of show us why. Uh, she is hostile to religious uh, uh, public participation in religious belief. Uh, there was a Texas high school case where uh, the students uh, voted um, who would lead a prayer. And then the Supreme Court weighed in on this in the in the famous case, Santa Fe Independent School District versus Doe, Judge Jackson worked with the now retiring Judge Breyer to oppose student-initiated prayer before high school football games, despite the fact that nobody was being coerced to pray. They were just simply praying. And I, I love what um, Chief Justice William Rehnquist at the time said. He said, the hostility to all things re uh, religious in public life, he, he, he slammed that. He strongly opposed it. And he said, neither the holding nor the tone of the opinion is faithful to the meaning of the Establishment Clause when it was recalled that George Washington himself, at the request of the very Congress which passed it, the Bill of Rights, proclaimed a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. So, I mean, it's so not in keeping with what is the constitutional uh, uh, freedom for those involved in public um, work to be faithful to their, their God and their religion. And, and so it really is, uh, th this person is, um, is somebody who is really on the far left. Yeah, definitely. In 2001, she worked as an attorney filing an amicus brief, a friend of the court brief uh, yes. in the McGuire versus Riley case yeah, uh, on behalf of uh, strident abortion supporters uh, like the Abortion Access Project of Massachusetts. Yes. Uh, and uh, NARAL pro-abortion pro group. Uh, yes. You know, she, uh, there was, she wanted, a, you know, there was a, a buffer zone she wanted around abortion vendors to prevent peaceful pro-life speech and ministering to women in crisis. Yes. Uh, she wanted to keep people from being able to minister to women in crisis. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know about her personal background, which this, this, the decision she's made in her personal life, yeah. or maybe people in her family, people she knows. Um, but uh, this is, is uh, once again, very telling that she wants to cut off the ability for people to be able to minister the hope of Christ to women who are being taken advantage of and brought in before they can have a chance to, to get counsel and, and really be informed about what they're, they're doing when it comes to, to murdering their preborn baby. Yeah. Uh, so she is very dangerous. Uh, she's supported very evil positions. Yes. And this kind of an, an evil, twisted, warped mentality has no place once again to be sitting on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. I hope and I pray that God will give the senators the boldness and the courage right now yeah. uh, to ask the right questions and to expose her for who and what she is yeah. to the American people. Um, this is also very telling, I think, of the Biden administration and what the, and the people running the Biden administration. So I actually should qualify that. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. As to what they want to do for America and how they want to uh, to continue this the, these hideous policies. But it doesn't stop there, unfortunately, does yeah, it? It really doesn't. It, I understand There's uh, she's also had some terrible records. Uh, this is shocking um, with regards to child pornography sentencing. Yeah. Um, 
Tell me this isn't true. Unfortunately, we we have Senator uh, Chuck Grassley, which I'm I'm thankful that somebody's doing some digging here because uh, Lord knows what they do to Republican uh, nominees. But the bottom line is, is that he has sought records that relate to um, uh, her time on the U.S. Sentencing Commission uh, and on the U.S. Sentencing Com- uh, Commission, she wanted a um, she, she over was overly lenient towards child pornographers, and and that is something that I, again I cannot imagine. Of all the things you're going to be lenient on, on child pornographers, well, there's nothing good about them. Nothing. No, there's there's absolutely nothing good about uh, about that, and. Um, you know, when they're producing this stuff and uh, exploiting, you know, precious you know, children in this regard, it's 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 terrible. I know Justice, I know Grassley, Senator Grassley, as you said, the ranking Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, said in a statement on Saturday, quote, Judge Jackson's history of sentencing below guidelines, particularly in cases involving child exploitation, raises legitimate questions about her views on penalties for these crimes. Yeah. Uh, he went on to say, this is exactly why I asked for her sentencing commission records, the same types of records the committee traditionally reviews when vetting a Supreme court nominee. Um, and Grassley went on and said that the records from the sentencing commission were being withheld and said that a full review could not properly be conducted without them. Yeah. And of course on cue, the Biden administration is rejecting that and trying to keep it so that we don't see those. It really makes you wonder what are they hiding? Uh, if 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 and I think it's clear. Uh, you know, we see that uh, Senator Josh Hawley this week he he did a lengthy Twitter basically saying that um, uh, this Judge Jackson it has a pattern. His quote: a pattern of letting child porn offenders off the hook for their appalling crimes, both as a judge and as a policymaker. So we know it, what, what she, where she's at on this, it's, it's died in the wool. This is exactly her philosophy. Mm. And that is to be uh, you know, heavy-handed on abortion, killing babies right up to the moment of birth, and to be easy and light-handed on these uh, monsters that are exploiting minors for pornography purposes. Yeah, child porn. Yeah. She's easy on that. So two major strikes of, of against her for promoting things that are just just outright evil. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I I see I see both of those in, independently disqualifying her. Yeah. I do, I don't want someone on the Supreme Court that sees child porn as not a big deal. Yes. Uh, you know, this is uh, it's also very alarming that the Biden administration is doing what his administration has done time and time again, which is withholding information. We, the people, should have information. The CDC and his administration was was just uh, outrageous in how they, still to this day, are withholding information. That's right. uh, Outrageously trying to keep information from being uh, on on display regarding the, the data and the studies involving uh, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 uh, and, the, and the vaccinations and the, the, what's actually been happening, what's been going on. In the same way, they're withholding information about something also very important, the appointment to someone to the United States Supreme Court for life. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think that should be a, a game changer right there. Yeah. If he's withholding information like this, um, denied. Nomination denied. Uh, and I would like to think that uh, every Republican, uh, every Republican senator should should vote that way. And I think Senator Manchin should vote that way. Yeah. He, they cannot rule on this unless this information is released and made public so that we, the people, know exactly what kind of a sick, perverted justice she actually is. That's strong language. Yeah, it is. It's and strong it's... language. But I'm looking at what she has done and what she said. And as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, she deserves that title. Yeah, and unless less people think that we might be exaggerating, we actually have a sort of case study, if you will, about a time when she went lenient and went easy on a sex offender. A sex offender. Okay, tell me That's about right. this. So here in in text messages, again, this is a time for parental advisement. In text messages, Neil Stewart, the accused, uh, and then later uh, found guilty for uh, as a sex offender. He talked explicitly about his interest in sex involving minors while setting up what he thought was a meeting at the National Zoo with a man and his nine-year-old daughter, according to the prosecutor's memo. Well, he said, what a birthday gift that would be. This is this heinous individual returning. Um, uh, if the nine-year-old uh, would like to play. So obviously... As it turned out, his like to play was not, uh, you know, having fun on the sports field, throwing the ball around. And so it, it, it really, um, when, when this person was found guilty, Judge Jackson sentenced him to 57 months in prison. And the, 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 uh, the, 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 the less, the mediums, the, I'm, I'm sorry, the minimum penalty prescribed by the courts and by the, by the law was 97 to 121 months. So less, almost less than half of what the minimum should have been. Yeah, and so another tech steward, this gentleman who was prosecuted for child, uh, for, is a sex offender, uh, provided, quote, provided advice, end quote, on how to begin convincing a child to, I'm not even going to say this. Yeah. I'm not even going to say this on the air. Yeah. To uh, allow him to molest them. Yeah. Basically. That's yeah. It's, that's a, a nice way of saying it. So anyway, this guy, for her to give him half the minimum sentence says something about her, yeah, about her character, yeah. about maybe her background, about maybe how she sees life, maybe where she's coming from. Yeah. Whatever the case, that is not someone that I want sitting on any bench anywhere in the United States of America, much less on the Supreme Court. Yeah, and, and, and as we know, I think the thing, why is this, this so important? And why should people be really focusing their attention and contacting their, their senators is because the words that get written down by Supreme Court justices become law, the law of the land. And we have someone here who is clearly lackadaisical about children being harmed and, and basically for life scarred. And, and, not, and she's like, oh, okay, I'll just give you halftime. You, you, you look like a good guy to me. And I just, to me, there's few things more heinous than that. That changes a child's life forever. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's a, this, everybody should get the max on this. Frankly, I think 121, the maximum is, is too low uh, for this kind of a crime. Yeah.
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's uh, very, very disturbing. Uh, and she is, so she's proven herself uh, as to her perspective and where she comes from yeah. in a major way in terms of her worldview. It's clearly not a biblical Christian worldview. Not even. In terms of the, the heinous killing of babies that are already mostly born and allowing them to have their brains sucked out and says, no, that's a constitutional right yeah. to engage in this kind of a hideous Holocaust type behavior. She not only says it's, 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 so it should be legal. She says it's protected, constitutionally protected. Yes. Uh, even though there's legislation that's passed to prohibit it. She says, no, no, the constitution protects that. Then she goes on and has a, a, a record dealing with child porn sentencing uh, that has serious concern. And we're tr trying to get information. The Biden administration is trying to withhold the information regarding her track record in that regard. Um, we already see there's clear evidence that she is very child porn friendly. Yes. And then sex, uh, sexual offender friendly. Yes. Pacific Justice Institute invites you to join in the fight to protect our religious liberties. Consider volunteering in one of our California offices or become an affiliate attorney. Visit our website to find out more, pji.org. And while you're there, subscribe to our Legal Insider to keep updated on all of our current cases. Pacific Justice Institute. Together, we can make a difference. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. Thank you for listening in today. To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report, call 916-857-6900 or log on to pacificjustice.org.